It's time to come out of the cave. I'm calling all prophets. I'm Again, I distinguish what a prophet is from the gift of prophesying from those who regularly prophesy, who are not called, chosen, and selected prophets under Yeshua. And I'm speaking to the body of Christ, all who are in the household of faith under Yahweh. That's who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking and calling to these prophets. I'm speaking to the ones who have been hidden. You've hidden yourself. Yahweh has hidden you. You've been on the backside. It is time to come out. We need your voice. We need your anointing. We need your specific color and sound now. We need your seasoning and your flavor. And Tate, who's with Glory of Zion in Corinth, Texas, she released a prophetic word, actually it was a prophetic exhortation, a few weeks ago, somewhere in that time frame where she was saying, be salty. Don't let your salt die or not be salty. And what she said was so good. I'm not sure if many people understood it, but I got it. Thank you, Anne, for that. And she was saying, we need your salt in the stew or in the pot, whatever phraseology she used. And that's what I'm saying now. Wherever you are, prophets, we need your seasoning, or as Anne said, we need your salt to come forward because it's the whole. It's not just the individuals. It's the whole to form. Now, we want the one new man, but we also want the bride. The spirit and the bride say, come. You see, there's a progression to this, and I'm not going to get into all that right now, but God is doing some things, and we want to make sure we're staying in the right time and the right season and what he's doing so that we don't miss it all. We've had such improper estimations in past times of what the plan really is. That's why we need the anointing of revelation. That's why we need the exhorter design, according to Romans 12, to rise up, because this design brings us that revelation quicker, clearer, and brings in what was missing. Now, it's not just the exhorters who can have this or access this. It's just that it's built in, designed in these men and women, businesses, times, seasons, people, groups, cities, and land, including nations, um, but anyone can do this. So you let the revelatory spirit just fall on you. Now, that's something, you know, you'll have to ask for, cry out for. It'll have to be given. But a part of that comes by the spirit of wisdom. We talked about this in January. The spirit of wisdom brings, it knows where to find. And once we're sufficiently, succinctly or an estimation excuse me, a certain groundedness or a level in wisdom, more comes. Wisdom partners with revelation to bring these things. You can find this in Ephesians chapter one. We talk about this, what this looks like. Wisdom and revelation equals illumination. We want ultimately illumination. Again, that's a God thing, a God word that originated with him. We're not even paying attention to whomever, whatever, else has stolen that, defiled it, perverted it, twisted, and has tried to lay claims and stake of it. It is Yahweh's. Now, there's a progression to that as well. You got to have wisdom. You got to have revelation to equal illumination. But there are things that we're missing. There are things that we're not seeing because we don't have revelation. So we got to get revelation. Father God, I ask for a spirit of revelation to fall on your sons and daughters, for a spirit of revelation to fill 
people groups who are called by your son's name, Yeshua's name, Jesus's name, who are filled with Holy Ghost. Father God, people who haven't had revelation before. There is a guy who was very special to a, a, a college, my college group, um, Jack something. I can't remember his name. It's not Jack Hafer, but it might be Jack Hafer. I can't remember the specific name. His first name is Jack. And Jack was a Baptist theologian, and he was in seminary school. He was teaching Baptist theology. And the Spirit of God got a hold of Jack, and Jack began to understand prophecy and the supernatural, and it transformed his life. What I'm saying is a spirit of revelation fell on Jack. It wasn't just wisdom. He was leading and ruling in wisdom. And you see, this is why we have to have the distinction and the distinguishing of things, but also why we need it all. We need wisdom. We want wisdom. We cry out for wisdom. It was prophesied. I prophesied wisdom was important for us this year. Actually, it's important for us this decade. I prophesied that way last year but specifically what it looks like in this year. But we also want revelation. Now, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves and move out of sequence, out of time with God. Let God be God. Let him do what he's going to do. We need it and we want it all. But we can't just stay in wisdom because if we stay in wisdom, we look like wisdom is very practical and practicality can, not always, Practicality can stem from a religious mindset and a religious spirit. We need to move and press past that into the spontaneity, which is revelation. So wisdom is likened unto logos and revelation is likened unto rhema. Well, we need both. We need logos and rhema. We need spirit and truth. And if you're too stuck and locked down in Revelation, like the apostolic prophetic churches and hubs and centers and movements, or the intercessory prayer or the prophetic movement people, the Pentecostal, the uh, the charismatic, whatever you want to call yourself, in that vein, because it's all a part of the same vein, primarily focuses on Revelation, the revelatory, but there's no groundedness or being rooted in wisdom. So what you get when you're just in Revelation is a lot of fanaticals, a lot of um, fantasy even, and there's no real surety at times because while the, the being in practicality can open a door or lead stem from a religious spirit, a religious mindset, only living in Revelation can stem from familiar spirits and information, keyword, information from demons, from the soul gate and from the third eye or from the second heaven. Now, you see what happens with both of those? We need spirit and revelation, spirit and truth. Once those are married and merged, we get illumination. Yet I say again, the spirit and the bride say come. That's where we are. Now, that was impromptu or prophetic, if you will, not rehearsed, not written down. Thank God for his spirit's anointing, because that was not planned for me to say. I am calling out to all the prophets who are emerging, who have been hidden, who put themselves down. Others beat you up. Others made you quiet yourself. Others shut you up. Others kicked you out. 
you disqualified yourself because you were too busy looking to be accepted and to be liked by people instead of going forth in the name of Almighty God. Whatever your story is, and even if I didn't mention it, somewhere in between, I am calling you out now. We need your seasoning, your salt, your flavor, and your sound this hour. Let's get into Psalm 142. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It's called My Only Hope. This is a prayer from David when he was confined in a cave. Well, would you look at that? God, I'm crying out to you. I lift up my voice boldly to beg for your mercy. We're at mercy again. Thank you, son of David, for having mercy on us all. Mercy in the nations. Mercy in the nation of the United States of America. Mercy to your house and mercy to those people who are yet to come in who are definitely coming in. I tell you, let me pause for a second. I think I recently mentioned this. Don't think for a second all those men and women who were gathered when Sean Foyt was traveling the nation, I believe he still is traveling the nation, all those men and women were actually Christian or all those men and women actually were living lit or on fire for the Father. Some of those people were like Laodicea. They were in, they were out, they didn't care, they were lackadaisical. Some of them were like Sardis. They thought they had a godliness, but there was a form of godliness. I'm not here to point fingers or be hyper, hypercritical. What I'm saying is Sean's obedience trailblaze and that trailblazing was a fire that ignited whether if you're far off, if you're unbeliever, if you're one foot in, one foot out. My mom always used to say straddling the fence, whatever, doesn't matter. You're now on fire. We thank God for the trailblazers and for igniting the fire. In fact, I did a podcast episode almost a year ago next month in March of 2020. I did an episode stating that God was raising up a certain amount of judges who would judge. Again, I talk about what judging means. I'm not talking about judging as in bad. I'm talking about judging as in what it meant in biblical times, in biblical days, and actually what the first definition of judge means. Very similar and exactly what judges, governing judges do in our legal systems and court systems. I believe Sean Foyt was one of those judges. So glory to God for fulfilling your word and for Sean Foyt and for the remaining, because there are more. There are a lot more, actually. You'll need to go back and find that episode. There are a lot more who are to come because we all have our portion. We all have our flavor, sound, and salt to add to the stew, or I'm from New Orleans, so to add to the gumbo and to make the whole the bride of Yeshua, the bride of the Messiah. Verse three, for when I was desperate, overwhelmed and about to give up, you were the only one there to help. You gave me a way of escape from the hidden traps of the enemies. I decree prophets, you have a way of escape from the hidden traps of the enemies and that he has always been there. He is your help. Go back and look at Elijah. Elijah thought he was the only one and he thought he was alone. God, where are you? Now, scripture doesn't say that, but you got to read into it. The spirit of discernment. That's where Elijah was. He was full, he was drenched in stink of arrogance, haughtiness, and pride. I mean, just full of it. And Yahweh had to visit him and say, okay, are you done? Is there enough? Can I, can I enter in now and be God? Or are you still trying to do this all on your own? I have always been here with you. I was the one who gave you the ability to call down fire and to do all what you did to slay the false prophet priests or false priest prophets, however you want to look at it. 
I was the one to give you the ability to shut up the heavens and there be no rain and then to open up your mouth and decree that there would be rain. It was I. I have always been your help, Elijah. So I'm saying to you prophets, you tenured prophets, you prophets of old, you new prophets, you budding prophets, the prophets who no one even knows about because you're hidden, you're yet to come on the scene, but you are rising like cream of the crop. That's a word. He has always been your help and your defense. Verse four, I look to the left and to the right to see if there's anyone who will help, but there's no one who takes notice of me. I have no hope of escape and no one cares whether if I live or die. Now, this was him in the cave. This is probably your song and your psalm in your cave, but you're coming out of that. I decree right now you're coming out of that. Remember the word. He sets the lonelies in family. That was a prophetic exhortation that I released for us this year. Let him sit you and seat you. Chuck Pierce released the word. He is receding us. There's a seat for you. Glory to God. I released the picture, the prophetic picture. There's a seat at the table for us. If we would just come into his house in the year of the house, get in your seat at his table. My God, there's a seat for you. Get over yourselves, people, in love. Verse five, so I cried out to you, Lord, my only hiding place. You're all I have, my only hope in this life, my last chance of help. Please listen to my heart's cry, for I am now low and in need, desperate of you. Rescue me from all those who persecute me, for I have no match for them. I am no match for them, excuse me. I like that. Now, he was a, being a little bit manic depressive, as Lance Walnow would say, but that's a key word for us all. He's our help. He's all we need. We can't do it in of ourselves. He's our help. And the last verse, verse seven, bring me out of this dungeon so I can declare your praise. That is your word. That is your song of deliverance, prophets. Bring me out of this dungeon so I can declare your praise. I decree over every prophet of Yahweh right now, there is a new two-step in your feet. There is a new synergy in you between Yahweh, Holy Spirit, and Yeshua with your spirit, your soul, and your body. And on your tongue, from your lips, from your human spirit, converting and communicating with Holy Spirit, there is a new declaration, new proclamations, new announcements and new decrees from the heaven that we need to hear from your mouth. Do not be silent or relent to hold back the winds of change, the fire that devours, but also the fire that purifies us and causes transformation and the waters that flow and fill and bring us sustenance, nurturing and life. And oh my God, the oil that keeps us aligned, the oil that allows us to be seen, acknowledged, and filled with the fruit of the miraculous and healing anointings and everything else supernatural. I decree it all over you right now that you're going out new in Jesus' name. Back to verse seven. And all your godly lovers will celebrate all the wonderful things that you have done for me. I pray you're blessed. I pray you're edified. Prophets, I pray that you come out of the cave. If you're not a prophet of Yahweh, that's okay. Everybody ain't called to be a prophet. Ephesians 4 says some. If you're not part of the some, don't try to be part of the sum. It's okay. This message is still for you. Verse, excuse me, Psalm 142 is still for you as well. Whatever your anointing, whatever your calling, whatever your position might be in the kingdom of God at his table, in his house, 
You are coming out of that place of destitute and desperation into a place of mirth and a place of celebration in life. It might not look like what you wanted to, but I decree that you will try to see by faith the new that he's doing for you and in your life. I pray that you're blessed, that you're edified, that you've been prophetically exhorted and that you are wrapped with the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can produce these flavors, sounds, colors and seasonings that we need so the spirit and the bride can say, come Yeshua, be in Courage.